At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the sports betting network, and some breaking news in the NFL. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger has been put into COVID protocol. He looks like he will not be in action for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday as they host the Detroit Lions and James Salinas. That's uh, 248 people in Circa Survivor that just got a little nervous. Yeah, in this day and age, even at Saturday night, yeah, the deadline has passed. Yeah, we're still definitely not on the other side of this by any means, and we see how it's impacted. And we saw this last year. We saw this last year with the Denver Broncos in their quarterback situation. They had to put a, a receiver back there to play quarterback. Not going to be down to that point for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, yeah, if you're on Survivor right now and you got the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's put it the other way. If you're on Survivor and you don't have the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's, new, that's great news to your ears. <laughs> All right, very good. It is time to move on, and we want to bring in a guest to talk about the Cleveland Browns visiting the New England Patriots. Greg Bedard now joins us. He is the founder and editorial director at bostonsportsjournal.com. Greg, thank you very much for joining the Pro Football Blitz here. We appreciate it. And this is really one of the marquee games of the card in Week 10 in the NFL. James and I have been talking about this game quite a bit already in the program. And one of my comments that I've seen all week long, of course, here in Las Vegas, we're trying to pick winners against the spread, what have you. I've seen very well-respected opinions on both sides of this game. And obviously, it's basically a coin flip, one and a half, two and a half points. It's a, expected to be a very close contest. What is your impression initially of the Patriots versus the Browns? 
Well, I mean, I think the the running back situation for both teams, um, you know, I think it affects both teams. Damian Harris being out for the Patriots, uh, Nick Chubb for the Browns. I think, you know, it definitely favors the Patriots a little bit and that the Browns not having Nick Chubb, who, in my opinion, is one of the elite running backs in the league. I think Damian Harris is very good, but I don't think he's on that level yet. Certainly, you know, look, the, the Browns can run the ball still. We've seen that uh, previously, you know, against Denver, they were able to do it. Uh, but Nick Chubb is a game plan type of player where if he's in the backfield, the Patriots are putting all their resources to stopping him. Now they can play back a little bit more. They, they don't have to be quite as aggressive against the run. And to me, I think this comes down to, you know, which quarterback do you trust more to not turn over the ball more? And in my opinion, I think it's Mac Jones, but who knows if we get good Baker Mayfield on Sunday, then uh, absolutely the Browns can win this game. So I think overall they're more talented, but you know, Baker is going to swing it one way or the other. So Greg, let's talk about Mac Jones, rookie quarterback for the new England Patriots and where we stand now in week 10 from where he started. Now I think it was a, a very advantageous situation for the young rookie to fall into the lap of the new England Patriots at midway through the first round of that draft and having Josh McDaniels really bringing him along and, and coaching him up for a sense, but also tailoring game plans to fit his strengths. I think he's, he's looked of all the rookie quarterbacks. He's come out of college looking the most polished for sure of what we've seen through the halfway through the season kind of tell us about the the progression of what you've seen from Mac Jones from week one to where we stand now in week 10 going into this matchup against the Cleveland Browns yeah Mac's been you know pretty good this season I mean for a rookie quarterback yes especially he's been pretty good you know you you put him up against the the rest of the league he's probably middle of the pack um I you know I, I thought he started off really strong the Dolphins threw a lot at him at him in the opener and he was able to deal with that beautifully. Um, I thought he played his best football against the Texans and also the Cowboys. He looked like he was ascending, but to be honest with you, he sort of plateaued. Uh, the last couple of weeks against two very fast defenses uh, in the Chargers. And uh, who did they play last week? It just slipped my mind. Um, they played the Carolina well, Panthers. Carolina. Carolina Panthers, two of the fastest defenses that you're going to see in the league. He had some issues against them. I did not think he played that well. Overall, he does make the plays when it counts. But one thing that I would keep in mind with Mac, and we'll sort of see how it goes this weekend against another very good defense with that can play man coverage very well, is, look, you include preseason. Mac Jones played three preseason games, a lot of snaps in those games. He's played now nine regular season games. This is his 13th game, basically in a row with – about five days off between the uh, final cutdowns and the start of the regular season. That's a full season. That's what he played last year at Alabama. He's at about the same drop back count that he had at Alabama. And you have to wonder, is he starting to hit the rookie wall a little bit? Is he starting to be a little bit mentally and physically fatigued because they haven't even had their bye week yet. So a lot of things going on with Mac, but overall there's no question that he fits what the Patriots do. Well, he gives them a chance to win every single week. And I expect him to do that on Sunday. It's just a question is, you know, is he going to make a big mistake and is he going to deliver uh, when the Patriots need him on third downs and in the red zone? He is Greg Bedard. He is the founder and editor of Boston sports journal.com has been covering the Patriots for over a decade. And I think that's a great point that you bring up, Greg. It's a, a real thing that we often see the rookie wall 
for quarterbacks, and it could be forthcoming for Mac Jones. James and I were talking earlier, kind of the strengths and the weaknesses of these two teams. Cleveland, one of the best teams in the league at sacking the quarterback, but the Patriots, one of the best teams in the league at protecting the quarterback. So we'll see what gives there. Uh, As far as the Patriots in the future, you know, I think for the last few games, they have been exceeding expectations. It was a really big win at the Chargers down in Los Angeles. Bill Belichick does it to Justin Herbert for the second season in a row. But you look at this schedule coming up. I mean, they're trailing the Buffalo Bills just by a half game now in the division. But it's a tough road coming up for the New England Patriots. They go to Atlanta. Now, I'm not high on the Falcons, but that's an interesting game at Atlanta on a Thursday night. A little Super Bowl revenge there for Atlanta. Then they take on the Titans, then the Bills, then the Colts, then the Bills again. Do you think the Patriots have a good shot to win this division, or are you still favoring Buffalo? Well, I think the Browns game is a big swing game. Uh, You know, they win that game. I think they have a decent chance. There's no question that it favors Buffalo. I mean, for the Patriots to be able to sweep the Bills, which is what they would have to do, that's that's a tall order, especially both games will be in December. You don't know what weather you're going to get in Buffalo when you go up there. Mac Jones, Florida kid, played at Alabama. Hasn't played in a ton of weather like that. We have no idea how he's going to play in December and January in the NFL because he hasn't really had to do it yet. Um, but I, you know, I think they have a decent chance. I mean, you know, they, some people would say we're not really still sure about the Patriots. I would put myself in that camp. I mean, yes, Justin Herbert is great. Um, he's a good player. But the Chargers are really one one dimensional on offense. They don't run the ball very much. They don't run it all that well. And, you know, also the Panthers, you knew that you had to shut down their running game. The Patriots, I know defensively, if a team only does one thing well, I know they can shut them down. Can they do it against a well-balanced team like we expect the Browns to be on Sunday? To me, that remains to be seen. Greg's thinking about Sunday's game, and you mentioned the running game and that matchup there, now down to their third-string runner with Dearness Johnson having to step in and, and take over the take over the running game for this Browns. Really, the stretch that they run in the zone and a lot of the counter that they bring, what have you seen over the course of not so much whether it's this year or in years past with Belichick being able to match up with these type of running games that, that can stretch you out? You've got to have a lot of discipline on the backside to contain those cutbacks. How have you seen Bill Belichick match up with other running games similar to what Stefanski runs with the Cleveland Browns? Well, it depends how much they get out of the quarterback position. I mean, if, if Baker's a real threat in this game and, and the Patriots are, I, I expect the Patriots to come out and stack the box and say, we're going to make Baker Mayfield beat us because we don't think he can. And it, it, the Patriots will shut the running game down. They won't have any issues, even though the Browns have the best interior linemen in the league. They're a little bit weak at tackle. The Patriots will shut down their running game. I have no doubt about that. They've they've started to hit on some personnel and base with Carl Davis at nose guard instead of Devon Godchow, who's been a disappointment as a free agent, uh, where they defend the run a little bit better. They will play a true 3-4 against good running teams. So you get three real down linemen, four linebackers out there. So they will be big and slow. They will defend the run. It's, it's a question of, does Baker stretch them out? Does Baker burn them early and say, all right, well, we can't do that. We can't put an extra guy in the box to defend the run or else we're going to get torched in the back end. To me, that's the whole ball game. I have no doubt that the Patriots will shut down the run or they will attempt to. Can Baker make them pay? If not, the Patriots are going to win easily tomorrow. 
All right, Greg, we're giving you a fictional $100 here to place a bet on the Pro Football Blitz. You've got the New England Patriots favored by two and a half points with a total of 45. Is there any side or part of the total you want there with your fake 100, Mr. Bedard? I think I would take the Patriots. Uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, being able to get the three points, I do think it's going to be a field goal game. I just like the Patriots in this type of game. I, I don't trust Baker Mayfield in this type of game, in this environment against this team, against Bill Belichick. So uh, I'm putting my hundred bucks on the Patriots. All right. We'll uh, get back to you, see how that turns out and see if uh, the next time you join us, you have 200 in your pocket. Thank you there very you much, my friend. Uh, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here on VSIN. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. That is Greg Bedard. Check his work out at the bostonsportsjournal.com. Has been covering the Patriots for quite some time there. And I think exactly what he says, James, and I know it's part of your thinking as well. This ought to be a great game. It's probably going to be a field goal game, but ultimately Belichick beating Baker Mayfield. It seems like that's what it comes down to for a lot of people. And that's where I've got more than a hundred bucks on this one, but I'm right there with Greg Bedard, our our pal there out in out in New England. I am. I, I do. I think this if Baker Mayfield can go in there and make this happen on the road against Bill Belichick and that defense, because he's going to be very creative defensively. I agree. I think they're going to take away the run. You're down to your third string running back for the Browns, but ultimately it's going to be the fact that I just like the fact that we've seen Mayfield struggle against man coverage. We know he's hurt with that torn labrum with his left arm. He has not been accurate, and the velocity's not the same. And then he gets overhyped for these games here. I like the Patriots. All right, when we come back, the afternoon portion of the card in Week 10. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never seen before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available at vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL prop bets. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game. All available now at vcin.com slash NFL. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you on the Pro Football Blitz. And James, we have reached the afternoon portion of the Sunday card for Week 10. And that finds us in Los Angeles, where the Chargers will host the Minnesota Vikings at SoFi Stadium. The Chargers snapped a two-game losing streak by beating the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 9. The Minnesota Vikings, and we talked about this a little earlier in our Best Bets segment, they did it again. They played yet another very competitive game, but once again, they come out on the losing end. They are now 3-5 and five on the season, but guess what? They're still in second place in that awful NFC North. I made this number 3 in favor of the Chargers. That's exactly where it's been all week. little juice now on the Chargers side. A total of 53 and a half is the total. Uh, what do you make of this one, Mr. Salinas? I know you like the Chargers. I do like the Chargers. It's more so the the spot for the Vikings here and what they've been through and the just the up and down season, more so more downs than up, thinking about how they've fared in some of these close contests and not being able to finish. And I think this is just a team on the defensive side that's really wearing down last week, overtime game against Baltimore. And you saw that in the fourth quarter and into overtime, completely that defense completely ran out of the gas. They had four starters on the defensive side in that game that played 98 snaps of defense. 98 snaps. It's because so much of this is falling on the offense, not being able to sustain any drives in that game. Vikings offense had 11 possessions. Six of them, they went three and out. So basically, they're not putting their, they're not even taking their helmet off, retaping anything. They know quick shot of Gatorade. We're going back onto the field defense because we got to carry this offense because they can't sustain drives. And that's what has been the last couple of weeks. That game on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys combined those two, six for 27 on third down in those two games. Just a lot of pressure on the defense. And I think we're seeing it wear down, not only from the, the emotional side, but the physical side. They've got a number of players that are out on this defense for 
for the Minnesota Vikings going into this game. We mentioned him earlier, Daniel, Daniel Hunter, one of their better pass rushers, is not going to be playing in this game. Patrick Peterson's been out the last couple weeks on injury reserve with, the, with a hamstring injury. So has Pierce been out with an elbow injury. I mean, I can just continue to go down the line. Anthony Barr, who played all 98 snaps last week defensively, he's out with a knee injury here. Harrison Smith, the do-it-all safety for the Minnesota Vikings, he's not playing in this game either. Who's going to be left for this Vikings team to be able to get out there and make plays? And the fact that this this offense for the Minnesota Vikings cannot sustain drives. Half the time, they can't even move the sticks and go three and out continuously. I think it's a tall order. I think this team is just physically and emotionally spent. This is a great spot for the Chargers, just laying three at home. There are a couple concerns defensively that are that are questionable right now, mainly Joey Bosa going into this game. What's his status going to be? He had a great game last week against Philadelphia. Is he ready to go? I suspect he will be. He was limited on Friday. I think he'll be out there to play. Big spot for the Chargers here, laying a short price against the Minnesota Vikings team that I think is just completely spent. Seven of Minnesota's eight games this season have been decided by eight points or less, and three times the Vikings have gone to overtime. Under Mike Zimmer, the Vikings are 15-5-1 against the spread as an underdog in non-division games coming off of a loss. So in other words, when they're playing out of division, they respond well after a loss. Uh, Zimmer may need to win this game outright to keep his job, James. What do you think about that? Do you think that's in play? I, I just think there's some disconnect going on. I think he, I don't think he like we clearly saw that Detroit game. If you remember that Detroit game and and they were able to come back, they were down in late in the fourth quarter, giving up a late touchdown, fumbled the ball, I think it was. Uh, I remember I had the Vikings in Survivor that week and was very, I very remember fortunate. That too. You were yes. you were sweating that one. <laughs> I was, and and they were so fortunate to win that football game. And then you see Kirk Cousins getting all excited, and he's grabbing Zimmer and shaking him. He's shaking him like he with their boys. You saw Zimmer. I mean, he looked like he was ready to he was ready to throw hands. He pulled one back. Like get off me! I'm not interested. I don't like you. And you could clearly see from the body language and his facial expression, like there's a big disconnect. And we know all the stuff going on off the field during the before the season started with Kirk Cousins. Kind of a weird dude as it is. I just think there's a disconnect connect there between the coaching staff this team it's very disjointed and yeah there's a lot of talent and I think that talent has been playing out they've got talent on both sides of the football but again that Vikings defense a lot of talent is going to be sitting on the sideline or maybe not even making this trip because they're not going to be on the field so is his job in jeopardy I mean in this case it, it it's this is a week to week it's a year to year league and you know sometimes it's week to week and what have you done for me lately what have the Vikings been doing lately other than losing and not being able to finish close games they haven't been competitive as far as getting in and, and making any noise in the playoffs for quite a while yeah potentially so and maybe for somebody like Zimmer I mean it's in his blood he's an old school guy he's been around football for decades maybe he just needs a fresh start maybe he just needs a break I know he's had health issues over over, over the last handful of years maybe he's somebody that just needs a break and a parting of the ways wouldn't be a bad thing for for all parties involved, mainly for Zimmer, because I think he's a tremendous coach. But this team is not a team that's going to be able to make any noise in the NFC at this point. I think the party's over for this team going into the second half. You look at their schedule, too, coming up. It doesn't get any easier, Brady. They have to go play the Green Bay Packers next week, then games at, at San Francisco. They still have to play Pittsburgh. They still got to play the Rams. Another game at 
at Green Bay. This is a tough schedule. It's going to be a tough finish for the Vikings. Here's one for you. Justin Herbert in his young career is 1-5-1 and one against the spread against former defensive coordinators turned head coaches. And, of course, that is what Mike Zimmer is. Bill Belichick, the same thing. He's gotten Herbert a couple of times, so we will see how that goes. Um, it has gone south for the Carolina Panthers, James. Uh, remember when they were undefeated and everybody in Charlotte was throwing a party when the Panthers were three in a row or three and zero rather? Christian McCaffrey then gets injured. Sam Darnold becomes a turnover machine. Now McCaffrey's back, but now Darnold is hurt. Uh, they've lost five out of their last six games, and all of a sudden this season has really become a mess. And now. Uh, what happens now? Oh, you get to take on the team that has the best record in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals at 8-1. and one. Uh, We don't know if Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray will be back in the lineup as the starter. He's been, of course, nursing an ankle injury. He was replaced by Colt McCoy last week in a victory at San Francisco. I made this number 9.5 in favor of Arizona. It's really danced between 10 and 10.5 all week. What do you think we get out of this game in Glendale, James? Really hard to tell right now, Brady, because we don't know the status of not only for not not only at the quarterback position with Murray being able to play. What's his status? He was limited on practice at, at practice on Friday. That's the first time he stepped on the field. He obviously he didn't play last week, so they're being very cautious with his ankle, and rightfully so. I mean, this is you got a long season to go, and we saw this last year with the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't get off to quite this great of a start, sitting at eight and one, and they were the last team to 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 finally go on to go undefeated before they lost the game but we saw this show play out last year the second half of the season really started to fade i think they're thinking long term you got to be thinking about how that impacted that team last year how they faded down the stretch and you're playing a carolina panthers team defensively that's where they that's what's going to keep them competitive and it is it's a young defense it is a fast defense it's an aggressive defense and they tackle pretty well but offensively you mentioned the struggles with sam darnold him not being there i mean where does pj walker go nowhere else to go but up i really i think they should have made that move last week not only from Darnold struggling physically coming off the concussion I think that shoulder was hurt before that game but mentally it's just he's just not there so can't go anywhere else to go but up with PJ Walker I'd probably honestly lean towards the Panthers in this spot they did beat the Car- they did beat the Cardinals last year by 10 points not that last year carries over to this year but yeah with Murray I think they're going to be cautious not only with Murray we know Chase Edmonds not going to play DeAndre Hopkins has not practiced all week I don't see why he gets out there on the field there's no reason to play they have a big division game next week at seattle this game means really it's inconsequential to them outside of just being able to maybe potentially play for that number one seed in the playoffs but they need to stay healthy and they need to finish off the second half season better than they did last year i think i'd lean towards the panthers plus 10 but right now too many ifs too many question marks too many uncertainty when it comes to player availability so no play for me at this point Yeah, I'm with you. I I lean towards the Panthers as well. You mentioned the division sandwich for the Arizona Cardinals. They beat the 49ers last week, and then next week they will face the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson likely back in the lineup. Could be a sneaky spot indeed here for the Panthers. Missing a couple of guys on that offensive line. I didn't get involved in this game. Just a couple of question marks for me. I tell you what, if the Panthers are smart, they're going to run Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard all day long against Arizona. Uh, Stopping the run is the Achilles heel for this team, James. The Arizona Cardinals rank 31st in the NFL, allowing nearly five yards per rush on defense. Um, And you had to figure we'd have a lot of these. We talk about this week in and week out. 
on the Pro Football Blitz. You had to figure we'd have a lot of these situations with so many underdogs winning outright in Week 9. Sure enough, this Panthers-Cardinals game is one of three games on this week's card where you have an underdog that won outright in the prior week that moves into the role of the favorite this week. Of course, that would be the Arizona Cardinals. That is typically a team to go against in that week that they are in the role of the favorite. We'll see if that plays out with the Carolina Panthers side. We'll be back in just a moment with more on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Mid-Season Football Special is here. For only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on vcin.com, and, of course, the College Hoops Betting Guide. It's a great deal, $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now, vcin.com slash subscribe. Well, James, in the last segment, we were talking about Russell Wilson, the Seahawks being the opponent on deck for the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, Russell Wilson expected to be in action for the Seattle Seahawks when they travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. And good to have him back. I would say maybe my very most favorite player in the league to watch is Russell Wilson, certainly one of them. The guy is just absolutely an incredible athlete. I often say he's maybe the very best athlete in the whole league, but he will be back there at the helm for the Seattle Seahawks as they go into Green Bay to take on the Packers. I made this number five and a half, figuring that Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers would both be in action in this game. Interestingly, it's down to three and a half now in favor of the Packers. And uh, are you surprised this number is so short, James? Three and a half, the Packers laying it with a total of 49 and a half. I actually I kind of am and if I was they had to put the numbers somewhere they didn't want to get too much liability in case Rodgers was not able to play and we saw Jordan Love well it really was the defense that that kept Green Bay competitive and got that late score to cover so I think we were both on that side for the Green Bay Packers plus the seven and a half but yeah I think short now it's three and a half was three and I guess that's where thinking about Seattle we were talking about this earlier with with Russell Wilson, the emotional lift that it's going to bring, the confidence that he brings to that team, both sides of the football, and they need it because we know defensively that's not a great defense for the Seattle Seahawks, especially on the back end, being able to cover uh, the really pretty stout against the run, and that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch in this game. You think about Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, of course, Devontae Adams, and very a great tandem there, a great duo, really tough to guard, and I don't know if, if – I don't think Seattle's going to be able to to stop Devontae Adams in this game, but it comes think about the running game here. Seattle has been pretty stout up front stopping the run, and that's going to be, I think, at least from, from the two-headed monster that the Green Bay Packers are when Aaron, when Aaron Rodgers is on the field to limit the, the rushing game for Green Bay, try to make them more one-dimensional. It sounds funny to say, let's make, let's make Green Bay one-dimensional and put it all on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders, but when you give any quarterback uh, the threat of the run and consistency being able to move the football on the ground and then you couple that with the fact of Aaron Rodgers and and how great he is throwing the football to his team especially at home here yeah that's going to be the matchup to watch here can Seattle be better on the inside stopping the run and then what do they what does that look like for them defensively to try to stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams scoring the football offensively but then the other side 
Russell Wilson, the energy, the, the, the emotion that he brings back and the confidence that he brings back to that team. But how rusty is he? Not so much because he hasn't played in a month. He's, he's used to playing every week. He never misses any games until now, but more so his finger. That's probably my only concern is not that he's going to be rusty. Maybe a, a series or two. All right, speed of the game's back. I'm good to go. He's a tremendous athlete, like you said, and, and, a, and a great quarterback. But how does that how is that finger affected it is going to be a bit chilly and windy there so you know it's going to be probably i think the wind chill is going to be in the 20s the wind could be somewhere up to around 15 miles an hour does that have an impact on russell wilson not so much throwing the ball he's used to playing in bad weather up there in seattle but does that have any effect on his hand coming off of surgery and in particular that that middle finger that he had surgery on his throwing hand that's probably my only concern i didn't get involved here i guess i'd probably lean to the packers with Aaron Rodgers coming back at this point and the question marks about Russell Wilson being able to throw the ball with accuracy coming off that finger surgery but to me I don't have a play in this game I lean towards the Packers but no bet as of yet also by the way Ben Roethlisberger we updated this uh, just uh, not too long ago on the program Ben Roethlisberger on the COVID list he will not be in action for the Pittsburgh Steelers when they host the Detroit Lions, and we're seeing the line adjust, of course, in that game. Some books have taken it off the board, uh, basically down to six or six and a half now in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were eight-point favorites, so it looks like a one and a half or two-point move possibly uh, for Ben Roethlisberger being out on the virus list. Uh, You alluded to it there, James, in your analysis of the Seahawks and the Packer game. Maybe thinking about playing the under here was something I looked at because both Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, you know, have been on the shelf. Rodgers, of course, missing last week with COVID, uh, and now he is back in action, uh, was uh, made official on Saturday that he's been active, uh, activated by the Green Bay Packers, but hasn't been able to practice or anything like that. And not that Russell Wilson and, and Aaron Rodgers need practice. These are a couple of the best guys the game has ever seen, and they are veterans, so they know how to do it. Uh, but again, I mentioned you allude to it. There, there could be a little bit of rust for both of these guys. Maybe an under in the first half is even worth a look. Yeah, it's sitting at 24, as you mentioned that. I was hoping, can you get it above the hook there? I don't know. We'll see if this number moves any at all. It is juiced in the first half to the over at 15 cents. It's over 24 at 15 cents to the over. Maybe If we're looking at playing the other way, maybe we wait and see if we can get that hook. I don't know if it'll move there. I suspect it probably won't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's the rust when it comes to, I think when we talk about rust, it's just the speed of the game. We know how fast the NFL is, especially when you get a big hype game. Guys are an extra step faster and and you're going to have the Packers and the Seahawks and it's going to be the big national game the late game in the afternoon of that that card and I think here yeah maybe a couple possessions we're just getting acclimated back to the speed of the game especially for Russell Wilson that's probably the the key here but maybe it's the under I I Thinking about the under on both sides, I guess it's the one thing with the Seahawks. It's just the defense. I just don't trust it. I just don't trust that that back end to be able to cover. And, yeah, maybe they'll be able to, to neutralize the running game from the Green Bay Packers, but more so it's the pass defense and it's just the lack of the lack of consistency of and playmaking ability they've got playmakers back there when you talk about Diggs and you got Adams these guys are heavy hitters but a lot of times that their acumen to get up there and, and support the run and come and lay somebody out coming across the middle gets them in trouble where they uh, you know they're susceptible to double moves or they get out of position and they're not as disciplined on the back end as what they should be because they want to come up and make that big splash hit and jar the football loose from somebody so I think 
as the game progresses, we might see Aaron Rodgers be able to take advantage of some of those tendencies and the aggressiveness from those safeties from Seattle. So, yeah, if I was looking at the total, I'd, I'd lean your way, Brady, with the under in the first half rather than for the full game. You talk about the weather, too, namely the wind. Of course, that is a big contributing factor to a game staying under the total, so keep an eye on that. The Seahawks, by the way, off of a bye, uh, and Pete Carroll as their coach, 23-11-2 and and against the spread as an underdog with rest. The Denver Broncos, they were absolutely stomped in, or they stomped the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas in week nine, James, winning outright as double digit underdogs. That game was 30 to nothing in favor of Denver in the fourth quarter. Dallas scores a couple of touchdowns in garbage time to make it 30 to 16. Now, Philly, they were involved in a dandy with the Los Angeles Chargers, ultimately coming out on the wrong end, 27 24, your final is the. Lightning bolts drove it down the field, the final drive of the game, and kicked a game-winning field goal with just a couple of seconds left on the clock. In my mind, James, I see these two teams as very equal. I made Denver a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and that is just for home field advantage. Now, for most teams in the league, I give a a point-and-a-half for home field advantage, and some teams even lower, maybe just a point or even less. But Denver, I boost them in my mind. They're one of a couple teams that I boost a little bit higher because you have the elevation, and I really think that's a factor. Now, interestingly enough, in this game, once again, we have seen the market's love for the Philadelphia Eagles, James. Yeah, it's down. I'm seeing it now. A lot of one and a halfs in favor of the Broncos. So money coming in again on the Eagles. We've seen it. We've talked about that a number of different weeks uh, that there is a lot of love in the market for the Eagles. In this case, again, coming in here late now, seeing it at one and a half. But and that total's ticking down, too. And that's where I went with this game. I played the under at 45 and thinking about the Broncos and playing at home. Yeah, definitely an advantage playing at elevation here at a mile high and defensively that secondary is getting better. A lot of a lot of money in that secondary for the Denver Broncos. The issue is linebacker. All the issue all the injuries that they've suffered at the linebacker position throughout the season as that's something that the Philadelphia Eagles can take advantage of with the run game. And that's what we've seen the last few weeks out of Philadelphia committing to the run game as opposed to Jalen Hurts slinging the football all over the place. The last 2 weeks for Jalen Hurts only 31 pass attempts in those two games and much more commitment to the running game they've run the ball in those two games they, they've rushed it 66 times for 258 yards to their running backs with six touchdowns have the Philadelphia Eagles I think they're going to need to do that here because I think that secondary can confuse the young Jalen Hurts I think it's going to be a, a really a more so of a conservative game plan out of Philadelphia offensively and same for the Broncos all the injuries up front on that offensive line both tackles are going to be out their right guard is already out left guard is nursing uh, a foot injury as well so it's banged up up front i think we see both teams commit to the running game that's why i like the under the clock's gonna tick fast under 45 and another one of those games where we saw the underdog win outright and then the following week go into the role of the favorite that would be the denver broncos beating the dallas cowboys and now as a favorite at home over the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see how that goes. We've come to the Sunday Nighter and the Monday Nighter. We're back with those on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Shoot for victory, stream live TV, play for free this hoop season with the Hulu Plus Live TV Prediction Series. Join four free-to-play prediction pools for your shot at $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Hulu now to get in on the action. This hoop season, it's time to get Hulu Plus Live TV. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions may apply. Let's go to DraftKings.com. For more details, Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. Final segment, we wrap up the final two games on the Week 10 card, the Sunday Nighter and the Monday Nighter. And I'm pretty excited about this one for Sunday night, James. Right here with an AFC West showdown, an old, good old-fashioned AFL rivalry between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs going down 
at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And I think this is definitely one of the all-time rivalries in the NFL. You talk about the Washington football team and the Cowboys, the Packers and the Bears, the Chiefs and the Raiders right there as well. I made this game a pick James. I was really surprised to see the Chiefs come out as a favorite. Two and a half points, the number currently here on the road against a team that uh, they're trailing in the division. I think betters and and myself included. I haven't played this game. I'm struggling with it. I'm totally on the fence with with this contest between the Raiders and Chiefs. Is feeling like, is this the game that the Chiefs get right offensively? We know how much talent they have on that offense. Patrick Mahomes and company. They've been dropping a lot of passes. That's what we've seen the last couple of weeks. A lot of drop passes in key situations. Guys are going to drop passes, but third down, fourth down drops that we've seen from guys like Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill, and they've been doing it for a number of weeks. I go back to that that Bills game, that Sunday night football, midway through, what was that, week five, week four, five, six, whatever that was, where the Bills travel in, big game on Sunday night at Arrowhead, and the first drive, they go right down the field to the Chiefs, and then Tyreek Hill right through his hands, interception to the Bills, and completely flipped the, the mindset of that game. We've seen a lot of drops, which is kind of interesting because they're so, so sure-handed uh is this the game that finally Kansas City puts it all together I think that's where as a better you just have that creeping at least for me it creeps in the back of my mind is this the week that I go against Kansas City I went again against them last week going with Jordan Love and was really playing the number I wasn't playing the team here I was playing the number plus seven and a half with the Packers now in this case you're not a great number if you're if you're looking at the home dog it's just two and a half it's basically a field goal game coin flip in my mind is this the game that Kansas City finally puts it all together and I'm on the wrong side of it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm just i struggling with Kansas City right now. I know that that offensive line has not performed up to what they were hoping for. A lot of moving parts. They are down to their third stringer in this game. I think it's going to be Wiley that's going to have to step up and play right tackle. Remmers and Ying are both out for the Kansas City Chiefs. But think about the other side with the Raiders, Brady. And they moved the ball great last week between the 20s. And then it became Derek Carr and having to make throws, and he missed a lot of throws. He missed a lot of reads, had an open waller early in that first half for a touchdown, airmailed that ball, had to settle for a field goal. They missed the chip shot field goal down in the red zone as well. A lot of red zone woes for the Raiders last week, and a lot of that falls on this uh, on Derek Carr, and he, and he owned it. He admitted, he's like, this is one of my worst games. I have to play better. He had a bad game. Well, playing against his Kansas City Chiefs team on that defensive side can help get you better I suspect we're going to see a lot of points in this game Brady I just don't like either of these defenses and is this the time where Mahomes finally puts it together potentially a lot of talent out there in the passing game for both these teams I might be leaning towards the over in this game as opposed to playing one of the sides you know what James I think you could make a case that the Kansas City defense has improved in its last four games they are averaging giving up just 16 points but here's the deal they gave up 27 to Tennessee The other three teams that they played, Washington, the Giants, and the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, and I thought they were really thoroughly outplayed by Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers was starting that game, that game against Kansas City that we saw not too long ago, I think it would have torched this team. 
Well, it was the special teams that killed Green Bay last week, the missed field goals. More so, it was the bad snaps and the holds and muffed the punt that gave Kansas City a short field to lead to their lone touchdown in that game. So, I, I, you're right. I think Green Bay outplayed them on both sides of the football, aside from Jordan Love being the, the worst of the two quarterbacks out there. But, yeah, that defensively for Kansas City, they have looked better statistically-wise of what they've given up. But offensively, they haven't scored. They they've they scored one touchdown, benefit of that muff punt for the from the Green Bay Packers short field for Kansas City in that respect and then they had two touchdowns offensively against the Giants playing at home on Monday night and then nothing against Tennessee just completely blitzed in that game lost 27 to 3 so struggles defensively for sure but offensively I think that's where that's the biggest puzzle right the puzzle is is it all on Mahomes because this defense just can't sustain and get off the field and stop teams from scoring that Mahomes feels like they pay me I'm the highest paid quarterback in the league I got to make plays that's what they brought me here that's why they pay me the big money that's what you do all that's why you lift all them weights Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and you got to make those big plays and it all falls on his shoulders to have to do it and we know so many unorthodox plays sidearm and throwing left-handed he's so interesting and so fun to watch but I think the pressure to have to make a play and score each and every drive has gotten to them over the course of this season because the defense has been so porous that yeah a lot of mistakes from Patrick Mahomes and he'll be the first to admit I'm making bad decisions I'm forcing the football does that continue on Sunday night yeah potentially I don't I'm not one that wants to back the Chiefs right now uh, but I don't know I just can't get it out of the back of my head that I don't want to go again I went against the Chiefs last week was fortunate to be able to make that cover late on that fourth down play thanks to uh, Mr. Sorison on the back end being lost in coverage as normal maybe I think maybe it's just going to be the total for me Brady I just can't get on a side for either of these teams right now Kansas City's win over Green Bay in Week 9 was their first game without a turnover since Week 1 when they escaped with a win over the Cleveland Browns. All right, the Monday nighter, an NFC division tilt between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. The Niners, they come off of that embarrassing loss to the Arizona Cardinals, and the talk about Kyle Shanahan's job has now surfaced in the Bay Area as his team drops to three and five. They're tied for last place in the division. And the Rams, they were hammered by the Tennessee Titans. Turnovers really killed Matthew Stafford and company in that game. I made this number four, James. That's where it's really been all week. We've seen it dip to three and a half. Three and a half, pretty much the consensus number now. Rams laying three and a half on the road with a total of 49 and a half. Where are you going with this one? I think I... I thinking about the Rams and what happened in the, the during this past week with OBJ coming over surprisingly I don't know that was I wasn't expecting him to go to Los Angeles that wasn't really what I thought was the weakness of that team was they needed more receiver help I think they uh, need to find a running game I just don't know if they're capable of doing that it's really just kind of this finesse offense we're going to spread you out well whether we're going four wide or a lot of empty sets and Tennessee really took advantage of that last week, uh, played a lot of press coverage, but really were creative up front getting after Matthew Stafford back there, who all of a sudden gave his best Jared Goff impression uh, as a, loss, a former Los Angeles Rams <laughs> quarterback, just throwing the ball up for grabs, really setting up Tennessee. The pick six, is one, pick six was one, and another one where he really just should have eaten the ball, taken the sack, taken the safety, as opposed to just throwing it right to a defensive lineman for Tennessee in that case, giving them that, that ball inside the five. But I think the Rams right themselves here and thinking about San Francisco, 
defensively, that's the issue for me right now. They've got so many injuries again on the defensive side. We already know a number of players that are lost for the season on this defense for the San Francisco 49ers, and then you can just add more names to it here in that secondary in particular. I mean, we've they've lost in the linebacker position, the up front, they've lost four, they've lost Greenlock, Kinlaw's gone for the season, and now you've got a number of folks that are either questionable or listed as out. Now I'm seeing the, the last practice report uh, Hurst is out at the defensive line. Kirkpatrick's not going to play a corner. Uh, the safeties are both out with Wilson and Moore. Like, this is Ward is questionable to play. Norman, who they had to pick up off out of the park, hanging out, playing ball. He had to <laughs> jump onto this team. Got it. Got himself into doghouse last week with Shanahan. But I don't think he has any other He has any other choice. I mean, they're just down to seeds and stems in that secondary to just plug and play anybody that's available and healthy. I just think it's a tall order for San Francisco based on their secondary, where they're at defensively right now and the Rams going to try to get themselves right and make up for really an ugly performance on Sunday Night Football. You know what's interesting, if you're thinking about back in the Niners, Kyle Shanahan has really had his way with Sean McVay. Uh, versus uh, Sean McVay versus San Francisco is 0 for 4 straight up and just 1 and 3 against the spread since 2019. Sean McVay has responded to uh, being off of a loss, however, better than Shanahan. Of course, both of these teams are off of a loss. Uh, Sean McVay 16 and 5 straight up and 15 and 6 against the spread off of a loss. Kyle Shanahan. 13 and 24 straight up and 16 20 and 1 against the spread off of a loss. Also, the Rams, 5 and 1 in their last six games as a road favorite. San Francisco is 0 and 4 straight up and against the spread at home this season. They're also 1 and 3 straight up and against the spread in their last four appearances on Monday Night Football. That is going to do it for us, the Pro Football Blitz. James, great to be with you as always. Enjoy a full slate of football on Sunday on Week 10 in the NFL, and I will talk to you again soon, my friend. Keep it here all weekend long on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.